Welcome back to Rockstar 101. His name is Brandon. He is the DJ. His name is Shim. He is the rock star. Class is in session. As we wrapped up the last episode, we went on a wild tangent about some stuff that went down at a ball next to Shim's house. But as we've now officially rung in 2020, it's time for us to start thinking of the next decade. And one of the things that I wanted to do was go through the previous decade in music with Shim from 2010 to 2019. And one of the easiest ways to do it, I know it sounds really dark, I know it sounds really gruesome, but go through the past decade of the singers and celebrities that we lost that passed away in the past 10 years. Well, that is kind of the most relevant thing, especially since we lost so many relevant people. Well, the number one, I looked up a list here, and the first one that's on this list was Prince. Good. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's kind of tough. Passed away. It's kind of tough. Like, you think about it. Well, wait a minute. Michael Jackson. When did Michael Jackson die? 2009? 2008? So it was... I think so. So, like, if you really think about... You got, you've got, well, fuck, man. David Bowie. I was about to say, who did more for popular music? I mean, you got George Michael. Obviously, you've got Chester and you've got Chris. But in terms of, like, timeless crossover pop music, volume of shit. Yeah. Prince. Prince has the most... Yeah, Prince would have the most hits. He, I think he'd have more songs you can remember the melody and lyrics to that are like seminal songs than George Michael. And George Michael has a fucking lot. <laughs> well, and I think with Prince, one of the stories that I always remember with him was back during Saturday Night Live's 40th anniversary special. This aired back in 2015. So this was about a little over a year before Prince passed away. And this was a big anniversary special. They brought back almost everybody from Saturday Night Live that they could. And then there was a huge after party that they had. And the story that kept being told by a lot of people that were there is you had a concert going on. You had performers. You had these musicians there. And everybody's still just kind of talking, mingling around, not really uh, paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on up there. But the moment everybody started to pay attention to what was going on on stage was when Prince took the stage. He, and this is like the elite of the elite. These are the people from Saturday Night Live and celebrities who have hosted Saturday Night Live. I mean, this is like some of the upper echelon of Hollywood that are there for this. And man, once he took that stage, he commanded that room and everybody was just in awe. And he was like the rock star of rock stars for that one. And that's always a story that I will remember from Prince. That and the fact that he put put together one of the best Super Bowl halftime performances, I would say. That's true. That is true. Him, I think, and Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars might be my... But, but Prince's was kind of magical. But he, he, in general... Here's the thing that I love about, like, the... the, the he really lived the uh, infamy. And the there's a word that I'm looking for where, like, you, you he created this sort of demigod status for himself. Mm-hmm. Like he created his own folklore. The fact that he, and here's the thing, I know, and this is, I'm so glad that we're talking about it because I met a guy about a year and a half ago and he's a producer and his main claim to fame when he started producing as, because everyone, if if you don't know, you know, Rockstar 101 little lesson here, majority of people who are producers start out as engineers. You start out getting the fucking coffee, then you start engineering and engineering is when you're the guy setting up the microphones, putting them on the snare drum, you know, moving the microphone for the vocalist because he's taller or shorter. And then eventually you move up to, okay, you're going to produce music. 
Producer who I, who I worked with who was really good, started out as an engineer. He was the engineer for Prince. Got the call from a guy who was like, I got an opportunity for you. Can't tell you exactly who it is, but you need to be here at this time. Da, 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 da. And it was all cloak and dagger and shit. Mm-hmm. It was like, you got to be here at a certain time. And he just looked up the address and then did a bit of research. And he called the guy back and he was like, yo, is this Prince? <laughs> am, I going for an, am I going to meet up with someone to work for Prince? Because... I've heard that his studios around that neighborhood, like I'm supposed to meet a guy and then get picked up and then they're going to drive me to the interview. And he goes, and then in the car on the way to the interview, he gets given his instructions. You are not to speak to Prince. You are not to look Prince directly in the eye unless he speaks to you in response to a question that he has asked you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are you are not to speak unless you're spoken to and you are and da 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 da. And this guy was, um, he's from Idaho, right? So he's not California. He's not one of those guys. He's not going to fucking do it. He's not going to be a slave. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, sure. I understand the rules. I got it. And he's telling me this story over a beer one night. And I'm like, fucking tell me everything there is to know about the behind those walls in Prince's studio. My first question is, is the vault real? He was like, the vault's fucking real. It's a fucking vault. And for anyone who doesn't know, in Prince's studio, which is half of his entire mansion, he has an entire like ranch and there's this massive studio he basically built himself paradise for a musician where he has a full-on recording studio with every instrument you could ever imagine everything's mic'd up with the top 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 shelf mics everything sounds amazing and then he also has an entire sound stage with a full lighting rig and or his entire touring setup on site so he just flies his band out for rehearsals when it's time to go tour he doesn't fly to fucking la and do the shit that everyone else does he flies people to him mm-hmm. and so my best friend of mine, who I'm not going to name because I'm not sure if he would want me to name it because he does, they do sign NDAs, but no one fucking follows them. Everyone talks when you're like, you just worked with Prince. And, and he goes in and Prince walks in and you're expected to look at the floor and, and be at the console with your hands on the buttons, ready to go, whatever Prince wants. And this, my friend just turns around and goes, hey man, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And Prince apparently sort of did a double take and was like, um... Yeah, hey man, how you doing? It's like I'm good, I'm good. So, what can I do for you? What are we, uh, what are we doing today? What would you like to, you know, what, what's, what's going on? What are we doing? You know, I'm the engineer. I'm, you know, in general, like there's a, there's an unspoken language between an engineer and an artist, or an engineer and a producer, where it's like my job is to do what you tell me. What are you recording? We're we doing guitars. We're we gonna do some drums. We're we gonna do vo. You know, what are we doing today? You're not supposed to talk like that to Prince, apparently. But for everyone else, when you walk in, the first thing an engineer usually is like, "Hey man, what do you need?" What are we doing? You introduce today? yourself. It's and the Prince polite of, thing to do. Yeah. And Prince was like, um, uh, well, I was gonna and he just was like, Did you talk to the guy that came in? He was like, Yeah, I know, I know, but I'm sorry, man. If you want someone that's gonna do that, I'm not the guy for the job. I'm just gonna be straight <laughs> with you. And he was like and apparently this friend of mine's telling me, and he was like, the moment I just told him straight up, Prince looked at me like, Cool man, I can dig it. Alright, let's do some let's do some guitars. And they went, and then that was it. And they were off, and they were not on the same level, but they had a dialogue. They weren't like this bullshit that Prince is usually into. Yeah. You weren't allowed to look at him in the eyes when you walked down the hallway at his gigs. You had to like, you had to avert your eyes. It was, it was all fucking real. And there was, you had to earn your stripes, and eventually, I'm sure you could look at him and talk to him and all this sort of stuff. But in general, he really created that folklore. You couldn't imagine any other person who you've met. Imagine the guys from Nonpoint that I've met a million times that you were hanging out with last week. Imagine if someone calls you and was like, hey, yeah, non-point's coming in. Can't look at him. Not directly in the eye. You'd be like, go fuck yourself, man. 
Go fuck you and them and everyone that works for them. Fuck it, I can't look at you in the eye. But when Prince did it, people fucking did it. That's how big that guy was. That's the he thing was, that I, I, he was this insane. Like that's, he was I the, love that shit. He was the rock star of rock stars. The next celebrity on this list that I found here, Robin Williams. And this happened in oh. August of 2014. And this one hit me hard. He was one of the reasons I got into radio because I liked to do voices. I watched a lot of cartoons as a kid. Mrs. Doubtfire, when he, like, that was his job. That was so cool to me that he got to sit there and voice cartoons and stuff like that. And I, I am pissed. I never got to meet the guy. And if you aren't familiar with what happened with him, he had Louis body dementia, which is a scary, scary thing, man, which is why he took his own life. Um, but Robin Williams, he was he was also on that status where he was on a whole other level, man. He would film movies where he wanted to film them. He had to pick of the litter of what he wanted to do. I mean, he you had movies like Mrs. Doubtfire, which is a brilliant comedy. He was in Goodwill Hunting, which is a brilliant drama. I mean, yeah, it was a brilliant career. And I think it was HBO that had a documentary on him. That was just fascinating. It goes through his whole life. It goes through the ups and downs and how going from Mork and Mindy and trying to transition into movies and it, you know not quite clicking or working at some points. And because if you only knew him from later on, you're like, yeah, that's the, like that's dude's a star. Like that's the guy, you know? Yeah, but he but he had a he had a yeah he had a rising to fame. And many times when he fell behind the wayside to drugs and also his career took a while to get started to get kicked off. Even though everyone who saw him knew he was clearly just a force of nature. But I think for me, one of the things with Robin Williams passing, it was the beginning of the seed that was sown after we heard about Chris and we heard about Chester, that people started to really realize, oh, uh, I mean, people have been talking a lot more about, people have been talking a lot more about suicide, specifically in men, because men are, they more, they commit suicide more. That's just the statistics. Um, but people started to pay a lot more attention to it when these people who perceived, they, they had everything. As far as you can see, they have everything they could ever want. And it didn't happen once, it happened three times in the course of a couple years, and people were like, oh shit. We're getting, and then it became a talking point where there's, and I can, I mean, I understand it in a microcosm in terms of level of success. When you get successful, People don't want to hear your fucking shit. They don't want to hear you complain. They want to hear your bad thoughts. They don't want to hear you about, I'm having a hard time with this and that. Unless you have a couple of really close friends who have been there the whole time. But if you're that successful, usually you don't have that many close friends. Or, and then on top of it, you're dealing with this other 50% of it where you're trying to be the tough, big guy that can handle everything. Mm -hmm. And now people are starting to finally talk about, yeah, no, men are actually predominantly weak. Definitely the weaker sex. And they're not capable of handling all of this stress and fame and money and people coming at you and the whole thing. Then on top of it, you get sick and no one's paying attention to the fact that you're ill because you're Robin Williams. And they just want to tell you how amazing you are and that you meant so much to them. And he probably needed someone to talk to or someone to really get him through something significant. And no one fucking caught it. You know, no one caught some of that shit. But that was one of the things where people started to really pay attention to it a lot more and talk about it more. But I remember when he died, it was like... It, be, it was because he died taking his own life. People like other, other like Michael Jackson had died from an overdose technically. Mm -hmm. And it was like, so he didn't commit suicide. Knowingly, he had an accidental overdose, apparently. But 
when we heard about Robin Williams, it was like, that's just impossible. That just can't be. I remember everyone was like, doesn't make sense. That can't be right. Not Robin. Mm-hmm. He's the happiest guy in the world. That, that's, that shook people, man. That one shook people. Yeah, that was one, along with the Chris Cornell death and, and the Chester Bennington death, those were ones that really, like, it feels like it got punched in the gut when you first, like, I thought it was, because I think I saw it on Facebook, the Robin Williams death, and I immediately thought there's no way. Well, you know, it, this is a fake story. This is another one of those scams where somebody created this and they're trying to pass it around. So, of course, the first thing I did was research it. And it, it yeah, and, and it, it was true that day. Uh, the next guy on this list here, uh, David Bowie. And he died, I believe it was from liver cancer, January of 2016. Another guy, like the rock star amongst rock stars. You know, like he was on a different level than everybody else. That's definitely the thing where it's, it's between him and Prince for me when it comes to relevance. We're just talking about relevance, not even personal favorites. Mm-hmm. But I always, when it comes to music, especially because it's art, every person on this list created art. And, and they were rock stars, and that's great. But they were just, they were, they were the types of people that created stuff that everyone else would hear and go, fuck, man, why didn't I think of that? Why can't I make stuff like that? They just, mm-hmm. they were just fucking aliens, supernatural people that could do this stuff that everyone else was just envious and jealous of. That's what relevance is. And the more, the more you can create and the more out there you can get and still make it digestible, because anyone can make a bunch of fucking weird noise, and different notes and stuff. But David Bowie is one of these guys who you'd be like, and, and this is the funny thing. After people die, people don't like you. They, they go back to that phrase. You don't speak ill of the dead. But everyone knows that David Bowie released some shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. But there was some stuff in there that just didn't make any fucking sense. But the dopest thing was that he put it out. He didn't even be like, yo, uh, I tried it. It didn't work. So we'll shelve it. No, it was like, no, nah, fuck it. It's got the album's got three massive hits. Out, We're gonna man. put this one. On. We're gonna fucking fly this on the back end of three hits, and they're gonna fucking hear it one way or another. I'm gonna see if it sticks. Fuck it. And he just <laughs> did it. You couldn't do that now. You can't do it. And and even with Prince, I know that. Then goes back to the thing with the vault. Prince was a pimp motherfucker when it came to the vault because he was recording and writing music 24 hours a day seven days a week for fucking decades he had mm-hmm. a vault with that only he knew the code to and this engineer who was a friend of mine watched him go to the vault and he would cover the, his hand with the fucking keypad that was only the first keypad there was a whole second quarantine room that he would lock himself in to open up the actual vault and when he died they had to rip the entire roof off and the structure to rip the vault out to get it open to get these tapes through the archives because no one could get... He was fucking real. But he had tens of thousands of recordings. Tens of thousands of finished songs. He just never stopped working. And this is one of the things that this guy fucking did. Is he signed a... I forget the exact circumstances, but I know that it happened. He had the vault. The way that people found out about the vault, no one knew about it. The way they found out was because he negotiated a deal with... I think it was Sony. Correct me if I'm wrong or whatever later on, but he signed a massive record deal when he was at the height of his power. It's like a fucking 50, 100 million dollar record deal. They signed him up for six albums. And they were like, here's your money. You, when you deliver each album, you know, when you deliver the music, you get the money. And he was smart enough and they freaked out and they never did it again. They fucked up. 
because they didn't say, and usually when you sign a record contract, there are terms in it that say, you will release this record, then you, you, you'll tour it for 18 months, and if we ask for the record before that 18 months, you will have three months to confirm, then we'll give you the money, then you have six months to produce the record, then there's a release schedule, then the next record, then the next record, and it basically lays out like a five to seven year plan if you're doing six albums. They didn't do that. They just said, you, you owe us six albums of material. So they fucking cut the check and said, uh, here's your check when you give us the, the music. Like, over, And they thought it was going to happen over a few years. He went to the vault, pulled out fucking six albums worth of shit, sent it to him, said, fucking pay me. <laughs> Good for him. And they were like, well, uh, uh, nah, that doesn't really, wait, we haven't A&R'd it. We have to like approve. And he said, no, you don't. That's not in the contract. You said you want six Prince albums. Here you go. You don't get joint approval. You can choose the singles, but you don't get to hear all the stuff that I'm going to release later that's really fucking dope. And they basically got 50% shit. <laughs> shit that he was like, ah, I'm never going to use this. They're, they'll, they'll, they'll release it. They'll put it on his B-sides and they'll do all this stuff and they'll figure it out and they'll make their money back because it's Prince and he knew that. But he basically delivered a $100 million deal overnight because he'd already had the backlog in the vault. And that's just one of my favorite fucking stories. And after that, they never did it again. That was when the clauses started to come in. This was in the fucking 80s. And to make now sure it doesn't happen they, again, yeah. They, oh, yeah, yeah. You can't pull that shit again. You can't do it. We kind of mentioned next next uh, big celebrity death from the past decade was uh, Star Trek's Leonard Nimoy. We kind of mentioned Star Trek in the last oh. episode, and you know he was, he, but he was one of those guys. He was eighty three. He passed away in February of twenty fifteen. He had a nice lengthy life, but a true icon, man. I mean, he was an icon amongst icons uh, when it came to himself. And which brings us to not Star Trek, but Star Wars. Carrie Fisher. Oh, God. Now I'm getting upset. Why are we doing this? Because. Do you remember that year when they all died at the same time? I think it was 2017. Was it 2017 when like... She was December 2016. And (coughs) she... uh, uh, I believe she... I thought she had a heart attack on the plane. I don't see this in the story uh, here, though. Uh, But it is saying she became unconscious on a flight from London to Los Angeles. And it was just four days later. Um, Let me see here. It says the coroner attributed the writer and Star Wars actress's passing to sleep apnea and a combination of other undetermined causes while also revealing that she had several illicit drugs in her system when she died. Now, one thing that I can say... Oh, for Christ's sake. See, now I'm I'm getting a little trepidatious here when it comes to the new Star Wars movie um, because I don't want to ruin anything. Oh, fuck. But you know, right. but you know that obviously she had already passed away before they even started filming the Rise of Skywalker. Like that was a thing that everybody knew, and unfortunately, there are a lot of scenes where you can tell they're trying to incorporate her into the story because there's her walking, but it doesn't quite fit the scene. Like it just looks a little bit different. You can tell they CGI'd previous footage they had of her in this scene. And then when she comes up and somebody comes to talk to her, it's just their face with the back of her head in every single Uh. scene. And so you could tell that they were trying just so hard to find ways to get her into the movie. See, I remember when I watched the, the last one, what was the one before this one? Who before Carrie Fisher? No, 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 no. The, 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 no, the fucking Star Wars, man. The, the Star Wars oh, movie the that last was Jedi. before the one that's out now. The, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. There's a scene in it where it looks like she's died, mm-hmm. and she oh, and dies, she floats like, back to stri- the ship. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, and it's it was beautiful, and I'm like, oh, 
Well, you know what? And I remember thinking, that's actually a pretty perfect way to cap it off. You know, she dies trying to save her ship. And then she's frozen in time and yeah. she's, she, she dies in outer space. And I'm like, and then she just floats off and I'm like, that's fucking really beautiful. Like, it's a really beautiful commemoration. And, and the character has to die because she's, the actress is dead. You can't bring her back from the next one. And they didn't just fucking, and then, sorry, spoiler alert. She doesn't die. She goes on for the rest of the movie. Something fucking happens. And I'm like, why yeah. didn't you fucking let her, let her go? You, you can rewrite the script. You can, you knew what's coming up. Like, and then they're like, so they go and put her in the third movie. I'm like, everybody knows. And everybody knows that she died before you started filming. You could have rewritten some shit. You've written horrible versions of Star Wars movies before. The one like, thing, why don't you just fucking change it? The one thing that bothered me about the new movie and the new trilogy, actually, when you go from The Force Awakens to The Last Jedi to uh, Rise of Skywalker, is you can tell they didn't really have a plan for the whole story. Yeah. Because you had J.J. Abrams up, working on the first one, then you had Ryan Johnson on the second one, and then they brought back J.J. Abrams for the third one. Now, as you can tell, you know Ryan Johnson branched off a little bit from what J.J. Abrams was doing, and he kind of had his own thing. And then when J.J. Abrams took back over, it was like, you know what? F you. I'm going with what I want here. And they could have easily taken The Rise of Skywalker, and they could have made that two movies. Uh, uh, I, I do like The Last Jedi. I thought it was a good movie, but they very could have easily gotten rid of The Last Jedi altogether and given J.J. Abrams two movies because this, the new one, The Rise of Skywalker, is just boom, 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 boom. It's so fast that it's like, it's 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 a lot to take in at one time, man. Right. All right, next celebrity. All right, well, next uh, yeah. death from the past decade, Tom Petty, October 2017. Yeah, we lost. I, I, this is depressing. Why are we doing this? We've, uh, we're, I'm forgetting <laughs> half of these guys. I'm like, shit, you're right. And this is it. Go, it, fuck, god damn it. It goes back to this thing. There's so many relevant artists, and and there's no one. There's no one replacing these guys. There's no one picking up the torch. These guys didn't even hand the torch over to anyone. Like, no one's. God damn, that sucks, man. Fuck. Okay, moving on. Have I ever told you about how I kind of thought I was the Grim Reaper for rock stars for a while? Uh, no. <laughs> so I started Why? Why? I started to fill in on Loudwire Nights. That's our uh, syndicated rock show. It's on like 25, 30 stations or something like that across the United States. And Tony Gonzalez is normally the host. And this was back in 2017. I started to do the fill-ins for Loudwire Nights. And it was one of those situations where the first time I was scheduled to fill in, Chris Cornell died. And then I was going to, the next time I was, the next time I was going to fill in, I think it was, it was Chester Bennington or Tom Petty. And it was basically, these were the three big deaths and each one was wrapped around me filling in for Loudwire Nights. I went to my boss. I'm like, dude, you got to take me off Loudwire Nights, man. I keep killing rock stars (laughs) because every single time, every single time somebody's going down. I mean, fortunately we got past that and I've been able to do it without any issues, but that was a legitimate thing that that happened. Yeah. That must have been a bit fucking nerve-wracking by the third time. And you're like, okay, this is not my imagination. Something's, something's wrong. And you're a superstitious guy. <laughs> Very so superstitious. Who's next? Uh, another one here. And I don't know, was Sopranos ever a really big thing down in Australia? Or is that everything thing you oh, got yeah, into? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't get into it, but I know that the actor was amazing. Because yeah, James Gandolfini, he's on and this he, list. He passed away June of 2013, which really sucks. He was only 51 years old. 
at the time. Did anything good happen in the last decade? Can we go? Can we? Can Do you we, want me to switch this? I mean, like, you want me to switch this good? up because I got a whole yeah, lot more. You here. know what? Yeah, I do because I have a feeling. Nah, I don't think we want to spend the whole fucking episode because people. If you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't switched off the podcast yet, you're a sadistic motherfucker. Like, let's yeah, let's go. Well, let's let's switch it up. All right. How about 50-50? All right. Well, hold on. Here. We got one shit. more. Let's go to some good shit. We'll come back to someone. One died. more here that that really pissed go me off. It. This happened in March 2012, and it was the passing of. MCA of the Beastie Boys. He was only 47 years old. Oh, Adam yeah, Yauch, yeah, man. That yeah. one. Again, yeah. that's another one that just absolutely punched me in the gut. And it just, it sucked, man. It was one of the worst things. Um, I'm trying to find some more positive stories. It's really difficult because a lot of people, for some reason, you know, that you latch on to the more negative stuff. And um, here... Yeah, that's just one of the main problems at the moment. Yeah, like, you know, I have a list here of um, a bunch of stories that gripped the world in the 2010s, which is usually negative things. Like the first one here was the earthquake in Haiti. It was uh, back in 2010 when that happened. It just destroyed that country. There's uh, an eruption in Iceland. Um, oh, there was the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig explosion that completely dumped a whole well, bunch of oil into the things. Gulf. I know. I'm trying to find good stuff. Why man. are you doing this? Ah, oh, here we go. Uh, You're online right now, looking it up. Okay, just you didn't prepare any fucking positive shit for the podcast. I, I, I'm just trying. I can't really that. find it. We got 33 miners that were rescued after spending 69 days trapped in a Chilean copper mine. I mean, they were they they were saved. I'd say that's oh, a good one. Jesus. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen listening to the podcast, we're going back to deaths. We're going to do it in tribute nah. to here's the ones that we lost. Raise a drink. Nah, we, because apparently I found good nothing stuff. I found could good happen. Stuff. Relax. We had the, uh, we right. had the marriage of Prince William and Kate Middleton. That happened back on April 29th, 2011. Who fucking cares? How about, uh, how about Tesla didn't go under? How, that's a good Tesla one. Tesla hasn't gone under. Tesla nearly went under. We have... I think that's pretty special considering every other company that tried to build a conglomerate on alternative energy has been bought out by the big ones and Elon was like, yo, I'm fucking I'm doing this thing on my own. And now we have significant... He has made significant up on, you know, roads and... Did you see that thing where he had a tank and oh, I fucking did it. Did we talk about this shit? He had the tank. He had a car that was bulletproof. Did you see this? Oh, and yeah, they did yeah. the test. The, the guy went up with a hammer and broke the tank, fucking window. truck. That's their truck. Okay. It's a truck. Okay, but listen to this shit. Listen to this fucking... This is what drives me nuts, all right? You're talking about how there's no good shit. Like, how hard is it to find good shit? Okay, here we go. We're going to fucking go down the rabbit hole. Fucking 10 years, and all that comes up is, oh, this person died, and this shit's fucked up. you got Elon Musk trying to do amazing things, and this... You can't tell me this motherfucker doesn't have intense security, A, around the blueprints, around the grids, around the fucking people who are manufacturing the shit, uh, around the fact that he's built a car that's now bulletproof, right? Now, there's no fucking way... You can't convince me that all of the major car companies that are still trying to get you sold on oil didn't have a bunch of fucking guys infiltrate that shit and make both windows. Both windows that are designed and advertised and Elon put how many fucking tens of thousands, hundred thousand dollars into promoting this shit and everyone's filming and no one fucking tested it. No one fucking, the people who, somehow someone got in and was able to make these windows. There's no way that he didn't road test every window a hundred times before they finally put it on a stage in front of people. There's no way they didn't do a million fucking tests. And then the one time in front of the fucking free world, guy goes up with a hammer and smashes it like it's nothing. Someone got in there and no, sabotaged the motherfucker. Um, they sabotaged him. 
Totally. It totally. was a ball bearing. It was a it was a ball bearing. They were throwing it, and the guy and the guy didn't even throw it that hard. Yeah, it was like fucking he, bullshit. I mean, he threw the first one, and then it, it shattered the window. So then yeah. they were going to go to the back window. Yeah. And you can tell he even he lobbed it in there even softer, yeah. and it still. Now imagine now if you think about it, the human condition. You're a guy working at Tesla. Hey, I work at Tesla. I love being part of something green, something eco-friendly, something that's fucking pushing the envelope. And some guy in a suit comes up from from GM. Is like, here's a check for ten million dollars, because that's nothing to us. And you're gonna make sure those windows break. I don't care what you got to do, but are you gonna take the check? I don't know a single person who wouldn't take the fucking check. They'd be like, oh, I have, I have uh, morals, I have things. And then you think about what that 10 million bucks is going to do. It's going to set you up, your family up, your kids up. You're going to be able to invest it and live and, and then reinvest and for the future and for the next generations of your family and now going to not suffer. You're going to go home and think about that 10 million and I don't know anyone who wouldn't fucking take the money. Even if you're a, like the best person in the world, 10 million bucks, you'd be like, ah, Elon will probably recover. I need the money. And so they would have gone in, and you know they got more money than fucking God. So they would have just paid someone off and gone in, and someone put in regular fucking windows that shatter at the drop of a dime <laughs> to try to discredit him. So I'm trying to find... Like, and that's, that's the stuff that fucking winds me up. I'm man. trying to... F- but that's, that's one of the truly, truly, one of the good things about the decade, that, that the companies are able to rise up against that stuff. Fucking awesome. I got, I got nothing but mad respect for Elon, despite what people shit on me about. <laughs> anyway, what's well, I'm, next? I'm trying to find... You know some success stories here for you because we'll you know get about five five ten more minutes maybe in this episode because we're already going a little bit long here. Um, trying to find you some good stuff from this past decade, and they're all behind paywalls. <laughs> behind oh, paywalls. What does that mean? Meaning like if you if you click on the link to go to the story, it's you know hey you've got to register for an account or you need to pay for oh, a, pres- a, a prescription right. a subscription. Right, right, right. Uh, here we go. I did find some here though. So this is the top ten seriously good news of 2010, and you had Walmart commits two billion dollars to combat hunger in the United States. You have uh, street vendors foil car bomb attempt in New York City. I don't remember that at all. Didn't they make a movie about that? They made a, they've made a movie about that. Um, you have health insurance reformed to benefit American patients. That's iffy. <laughs> I mean, they're still trying to. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. One of the things that you know, we we might knock Trump, but one of the things that he definitely has going for him that's a big positive that I think a lot of people who don't like him just because he's him overlook is that he takes on the pharmaceutical industry because the pharmaceutical industry is out of control with the prices and pretty much being able to do whatever they want, whenever they want. And he's the one that's pushing hospitals need to post prices. You need to be post how much is a medication going to be. So you don't, because one of the things right now that happens in the United States you have these people who have accidents, something horrific happens to them. The first thought is, how much is this going to cost? It's not, where can I go get fixed? It's immediately, I can't afford this. And so that's, I mean, there was one story that we talked about, I think it was just this past year, where there was a lady who, I think she got trapped in a subway. Like something happened to her where she got trapped on a, like, in, like something. It was, it was horrific. And as the people were talking to her, the first words out of her mouth were, don't take me to the hospital because I, I can't afford it. As she's sitting there dying. Yeah, yeah. It's and not, that's one thing it. that... I appreciate that. 
And that's one of the things that, you know, hopefully Trump kind of keeps pushing for, you know, no matter what happens in this next election is just this this reform for the United States healthcare system because it sucks. Uh, number seven, huge Parkinson's breakthrough, a disease power switch found. Um, it says here that they um, boosting the energy producing capacity. Oh, I'm not going to get into the medical jargon on this thing, but <laughs> apparently a big breakthrough has happened because uh, there's a lot of big words in that sentence that I'm not going to. Uh, that I'm not going to need to read. Um, Rockstar 101, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and Nolan's Fury. I'm trying to give you some positive stuff. I appreciate that, but I'm starting to understand why so much more negative stuff is so easily accessible because it's more dramatic. There's more talking points about it. Whereas like right then, that's a pretty significant... I'm sure every person who was affected by Parkinson's disease knows all those words and has read that fucking article back to front a couple of times. But it's not really spicy. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. The talking point. It's, it's tough. It's a fucking... It's, it's tough. That's tough. But I'll tell you one thing that right. was fucking cool. Right, here we go. Yeah. What's you go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I, I actually didn't know I was going to make it up and fucking fall on my ass. So just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, I, I did find a different article here uh, to try to, to spin this in more positive light where it's just some news stories in general. Like back uh, April 2010, the first iPad came out. I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, almost Christ. 10 years ago iPads didn't exist. That was a good uh, time you have to be alive. Lady Gaga wearing her meat dress at the VMAs. That happened in September of 2010. Do you remember the meat God, dress? Oh, no. Everyone remembers the meat dress. Those were good days. Good days. Uh, July of 2011, we finally said goodbye to Harry Potter. The final book came out in July of 2011. Thank God. I like, I, I like the concept <laughs> of Harry Potter, but I was, like, I was over the hoo-ha... I haven't read it, so I probably Actually, shouldn't I take say it because I'm probably get into. I'm probably going to be one of those dickheads that say, "Oh, Harry Potter, this and that." I haven't read it. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. And then I'm going to read it and be like, "Okay, I am Gandalf." And he, and, and that I know the joke, the irony of the fact that he's not from fucking. But I'll be that guy. That's that's who I'll fucking be. Anyway, <laughs> okay, you muggle. Uh, actually, it wasn't the book. It was uh, the movies that came out in 2011. The books came out uh, before that. So that's something that happened. Um, let me see here. Uh, big story here. They had Gangnam Style. That was July of 2012. Oh, the most watched sake. video That's the best ever. we can fucking do. That's the best we can. Oh, what's on it. here? Let's go back to dead people, man. It was more interesting. We could talk. Sorry, at least we there's talk more talking about points, but like... Go, go. Say, so who died? We can talk about how everybody <laughs> survived 2012, because remember, that was one of the big talking points of that whole year, was the world's no, coming to an end. Did you buy any of that shit? I mean, at least we're out of it when no. it was the year 2000, they made a movie about 2012, the mind calendar, and now it's 2020. You know, I, I, does it, has anyone dropped the gag, 2020 hindsight? You're going to look back, learn from the last decade because of 2020 hindsight? No one's made that <laughs> connection yet? No one's done that. I keep saying I can't believe that I made that up because I, it's, it makes perfect sense to me to be like, what'd you learn this decade? You know, hashtag 2020 hindsight. And no one's like, oh, I didn't think of that. How did you not? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I write <laughs> lyrics, but like, how do you not put that together? Anyway, so. Well, here we go. Um, Here's the final one. This is a go. really, this is a good, big, positive story. This one's more for the United States, though. This yeah! was June 2015. Same-sex marriage became legal. The Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage was legal in all 50 states, establishing a new civil right across the nation and giving gay rights movement a long-sought victory. There you go. Boom. I'll actually get totally fucking behind that. Thank you for one that really is fucking dope. That's awesome. Now so we just good. need to get all the other minorities up. 
Well, yeah, but that's a perfect way to wrap up this episode. It was, you know, we talked a lot about death. We talked a lot about bad stuff. But I think it's a good positive note to end on here for this episode of Rockstar 101 is the same-sex marriage becoming legal in the United States, June 2015. So on that note, also let me plug the socials really quick. You can find Shim. He's over on Twitter. It is at Shim Moore, S-H-I-M-M-O-O-R-E. Or you can find me over on Instagram, the new Instagram handle, at The Real Brandalorian. You can find me over there as well. If That's you ever have any questions, comments, to, man. maybe maybe <laughs> there is... Well, it's easier to say, though. I don't have to say underscores or anything. I know, I know, I know. But maybe if there's a positive story that we missed, there's something that you think that happened over the past decade that we need to be talking about, by all means, fire it, uh, fire away on, on social media. Send it to Shim or send it to myself and let us know about it. We'll bring it up. If there's ever a question, if there's ever a topic you want covered, anything for Rockstar 101, you are more than welcome to send it on over to us. It's at Shim Moore on Twitter, and it is at The Real Brandalorian over on Instagram. Anything you want a positive you want to send out there? Oh, I try to do it every... I try to do it all day, every day. That was why I was getting fucking... Dep- I'm sorry, but like... I, I, if I'd known we were taking a hard left turn into a fucking ditch, I wouldn't have taken the turn. But, like, <laughs> we were just talking about fucking dead people, man. It was like, oh, give me some good stuff. We can go and look it up. And it's like, ah, it's too hard to find. Everyone wants to talk about the dark shit. That's why you should tr- tune into Rockstar 101 next week and the following weeks and all the tags and everything else we got coming up. Because next year, or this year as it would be, over the next year, Rockstar 101 is going to be amping it up even more. So we're going to be starting to interview other people, talking about other issues. We're going to refine some of the uh, topics that we're talking about, getting into more of the things that you want us to discuss, if there's anything more related to music, music production, music business, uh, the art side of it, anything like that, anything in terms of radio, any particular social issues that you think people who are involved in music and radio that have a perspective different from yours and you want to hear it discussed to get a different perspective, all of these things, please hit us up on the socials, keep in contact and we will keep in contact with you. Thank you very much for listening and let's make 2020 fucking bomb. His name is Brandon, he is the DJ. His name is Shim. He's the rock star. Class dismissed.